Thank God today, and this is Pastor Adams, President and Founder of Truth Matters Ministries in Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you for joining our Truth Matters podcast, and we're always excited, and we take very seriously the charge that God has given us to be hosts in attendance of this very vital ministry of contending for the faith that has once and for all been delivered in the saint, to the saints according to Jude 3. And I, before we get into our podcast, as our custom is, we want to pause and pray. Now, Father, we thank you, Lord God, for all of your goodness. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for just being a holy God. And Lord, we know that you're love. We know that you're kind. We know that you're full of mercy. But Lord, you are holy. You're righteous altogether. And we thank you, Lord God, that it does not appear yet appear what we should be. But you told us in your word that when you shall appear, we shall be like you because we're going to see you as you are. And Lord God, let us do a self-examination of ourselves during this podcast. Let our listeners, Lord God, look inward in their hearts. Let them see and do inventory and take inventory of where they stand, Lord God, in their spiritual posture. And their spiritual posture will always be commensurate with their social posture. We pray that men and women today would become vigilant and that they would stand up for your word, that they would let their light shine, and that they would be active in declaring your gospel in the earth. And it's in Christ Jesus' name we pray. And for your name's sake, we call it done. Amen and amen. And to all of our listeners, if you'd like to visit our website, you can visit our website at truthmattersmost.org. And if you'd like to contact us with questions, or if you do have prayer requests or comments, you can email us at truthmatters at truthmattersmost.org. And we're just so thankful for all of our listeners and all of our partners and supporters in Singapore and those who are in New Zealand and Ghana the Netherlands, those who are in Zimbabwe. Thank God for all of our friends that are in Central America. Uh, Pastor Kimuel, thank God for you in the Philippines and so many who are now listening in Ireland. We thank God for you and you continue to pray for us. And today we're going to be getting into a topic that is quite controversial. And although it's quite controversial, we believe it's very necessary because we in the body of Christ, we have to ensure that we are not detached, but we are involved and we're cognizant of the things that are taking place in this world because the world is the vineyard. And if we cannot identify with the vineyard and if we're not active within the vineyard, then our message is lost and our light cannot shine. And today we're going to be sharing on the truth about CRT and BLM. We're going to biblically critique the contemporary concepts and information of organizations and concepts like CRT and BLM. And we're going to examine their history, their stance, and their posture in light of Holy Scripture. See, there are so many today who will say, hey, Pastor Adams, I don't think that preachers and churches should speak about race or social issues. But we must consider this. The entire world that Jesus came and died for is comprised of social societies. It's comprised of laws and it's full of people, human beings from multiplicity of cultures and races. That's our vineyard. I believe that preaching about Jesus and his soteriological principles, they are paramount. And the crux of Jesus' message to the whole world was the fundamental of Pentecost, where he had to establish the gospel as being the instrument that would finally bring together all races and nations and tongues into one 
bonafide family of God. However, those who are not committed to the Spirit of God, or they're not committed to saying that all men are walking in liberty where Christ has made them free, they'll still discriminate. There are still those who call themselves Christians who sow hatred, social abuse, and they demonstrate racism against people of different ethnicities while they sit in their pews and continue to sing their hymns and they wear their titles as pastors and deacons and ushers and elders. Listen, after 2,000 years, it is sad to say that the most segregated hour in America is during Sunday morning worship. I find it interesting that during a person getting their annual medical exam, there are always signs and there are always indications that will signal if a person is unhealthy. How is that? Well, it can be detected in their eyes, during an eye examination, in their ears, their teeth and their body organs, or even in a blood test or urine test, or when someone reads their x-rays, right? See, racism in a nation is a symptom or it's an indication that Jesus' message of love and harmony and compassion and justice and righteousness and brotherhood is missing or it's acutely impotent within that nation. See, Paul trumpets a truth that we all were baptized by one spirit to form one body, whether we're Jew or Gentile, whether we're slave or free, we're all given to drink of one spirit. See, we at Truth Matters are not concerned about uh, what is popular today. We're only concerned about truth. We're not concerned about political acceptance or whether we have social approval. We're not trying to become a part of the, the a club or a certain society or network of religion. So as we biblically critique these concepts, we're going to start with CRT. Now, what is CRT? It stands for Critical Race Theory. It was coined by legal scholar Kimberly Crenshaw in the late 1980s. See, the term critical race theory, listen, it first emerged as a challenge to the idea that the United States had become a colorblind society where one's racial identity no longer had an effect on one's social or economic status. Hmm. Well, I believe that needs to be challenged. Well, just two decades after the accomplishments of the civil rights movement, many politicians and institutions were co-opting the aspirational colorblind language of Mother Martin Luther King Jr. or the idea that we should judge someone on the content of their character rather than the color of their skin. That's true. They love that part of it, but they omit his more critical aspects in his speeches that he emphasized that discrimination and economic inequality still existed in this country. And it still exists today. There were also beginning to be attacks on affirmative action policies. You all know it's true. And then so many who considered themselves conservative politicians were arguing that there, there's no longer a need for affirmative action or to for a person to be hired at a job or to have so many people allowed to go to a college because racism's over in their perspective. But critical race theory as a school of thought is designed to highlight 
that the ways that supposedly colorblind laws have allowed racial oppression and inequality to continue despite the outlawing of segregation within certain laws. See, critical race theory originated among legal scholars like Derrick Bell, Kimberly Crenshaw, as I mentioned, and Richard Delgado. They argued that racism and white supremacy were defining elements of the American legal system and of American society at large, despite the language related to equal protection under the law. Early proponents argued for a contextual heuristicized analysis of the law that would challenge seemingly neutral concepts like meritocracy or objectivity, which in practice tend to reinforce white supremacy. See, the fight against oppression of people of color was a major goal of early critical race theorists. In other words, they sought to change the status quo, not just critique it. Finally, CRT was interdisciplinary, drawing on a wide range of scholarly ideologies. Some of them include feminism, Marxism, and postmodernism. Derek Bell is often thought of as the forefather of CRT. Now, what did he do and what was his important contributions? He made important theoretical contributions, such as arguing that the landmark civil rights case, Brown versus the Board of Education, was a result of the self-interest of elite whites. Hmm. Instead of a desire to desegregate schools and improve education for black children. I find that very interesting. However, Bell also critiqued the field of law itself. He highlighted the exclusionary practices of elite schools such as Harvard Law School, where he was on the faculty. He even resigned from that position to protest Harvard's failure to hire black females of color. Other early important figures of CRT were Alan Freeman and Richard Delgado. Now, Black feminists have been particularly influential proponents of the critical race theory. Beyond coming up with the name of the field, Crenshaw is even more well known for coining the now very fashionable term intersectionality, which meant to highlight the multiple and overlapping systems of oppression that women of color, in addition to the LGBTQ people of color, immigrants of color, face that make their experience different from that of white women. Today, as a result of so many people of of color and Christians who, because of social conditioning and resistance to confronting themselves and resisting to really bear their brother's burden and psychologically deny that structured racism exists in the church or in America, current Christian writers, in their diversion from the spiritual apathy that exists because of social and racist attitudes that persist in the church, they came out with an excerpt. And I'm going to read what this so-called professing Christian wrote. He wrote the four main things Christians need to know about critical race theory. Listen to this. As a Christian institution like Southern Baptist Theological Seminary or the Reformed Theological Seminary, they were promoting the critical race theory. Many believers are confused as to what the doctrine is or why it's dangerous. As the Southern Baptist Convention approved Resolution 9 in June 2020, which promotes critical race theory as an analytical tool, this so-called Christian says, I'm going to let you all know why CRT is dangerous. Now listen to what he says. 
Point one, he says that CRT is fundamentally opposed to the American Civil Rights Movement. My response to that is, here is this professing Caucasian Christian pretending to be sensitive to civil rights. Why? To avoid the uncomfortable truth that structural racism still persists today in the church and in America. His second point was, CRT is intentionally designed to divide people rather than unite them. And my response is, this is akin to telling a colonized black slave that seeking his freedom is going to break the peace. Because if there is no freedom, there is no peace. And if there is no equality, then we don't have any harmony. His third point is, CRT doesn't define white, black, and racism the way you might think. My response is, well, because of capitalism, it is built on classism. It is also built on privilege. And critical race theory theory opposes that deception that social abuse is only restricted to color. All we have to do is look at women's rights up until 1920 to know it's just not based upon color. His fourth point is, CRT is the opposite of a biblical view on race. My response is, well, critical race theory does not suggest that racism is obsolete, as we still see a snug and deeply rooted privileged class within white society here in America. You see, The superficial repulsion of CRT is also seen in regions of the country who historically and presently support laws that hurt people of color. The same is seen in large segments of academia and in state legislators who oppose programs that support and indemnify people of color and indigenous citizens. I'll just give you a very recent point. All of those governors who are in conservative states such as Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, Texas, and Florida, all of them says even though the government and Joe Biden and our senators have passed laws to give funds and support and unemployment for those who might need it during this pandemic, they said, no, we're going to cut those benefits off because too much of that money is going to people of color. That's just the truth, and that's just what it is. Former President Trump, who was not an advocate of social programs that protected health care, nutrition assistance, or educational programs and appropriations that helped the poor and those who are left behind, he rejected the CRT training that was designed to expose all Americans to the racist past that took place in this country and the current policies that have choked the life out of this country. Just imagine this for a minute. Imagine legislators resisting those who are participants in a 12-step program like Alcoholics Anonymous. And they resisted those participants from acknowledging that they were alcoholics. Think about that. See, the key to cure is acknowledgement. Christ sent the law to show us that the truth, that we were rebellious and that we were violators and we were rebels against his will and commandments. We must examine ourselves to even discern or even know and determine if we are in the faith according to 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. We have a social and a racial divide in America. Yes, we do. And it started with racism and degradation of black people's even humanity. 
and it began to move forward into the Jim Crow laws and to segregation and strong arm class system that existed in America and it still exists today. And too many people in the church of Jesus Christ who claim and profess to be Christians, they support it and look the other way. That system was legislated, police protected, and constitutionally certified. How can any Christian who has the compassion of Jesus Christ and who believes in the tenets of love and justice found in the gospel, how can you close your eyes and oppose these facts that stare you right in the face? See, we are truth matters. We're disheartened when we see in a so-called Christian nation the condition of the black citizens in their state and their horrendous quality of life. We've done some research and we've collected some data and have extensively documented the ways in which black black Americans are underrepresented, overrepresented, or experience different treatment from their white counterparts. Let's just take a look. See, critical race theory sounds the alarm because blacks have the lowest employment rate in America. Blacks have the lowest percentage of managerial and leadership roles in America. Only 8.7% of CEOs on the Fortune 500 list are black. Only 2% of the U.S. government's elected Congress are represented by blacks. Blacks earn far less per capita than their white counterparts. The black poverty level is twice that of Caucasians in America. Mm-hmm. While Americans have while Americans have steadily earned more since 1980, blacks' income has become stagnant. Student loan debt has eroded the wealth of blacks compared to their white counterparts. Black women earn less than white, Asian, men and women. A black woman has to work 226 days into next year to equal what a white man makes this year. White children are much more positioned to be better off financially than their parents, while blacks, they're losing ground and are doing worse than their parents. Mm-hmm. See, academic opportunities for blacks lag way behind that of whites. College degrees from intergenerational families have earned only 15% of blacks compared to whites nearly 30% or twice as much. Blacks are denied loans at a greater rate, at a greater rate even when their qualifications are equal to their white counterparts. Home ownership is lowest in the black community. Blacks have the highest rate of not being insured. Blacks died at the highest rate during the than uh, those in a white collective during COVID-19. That's true. Blacks are arrested the most. They're shot by the police the most. They're sentenced to prison the most. Even though whites commit more crimes per capita than blacks. But blacks are sentenced three times more to prison. If you claim to be a Christian, no matter what your race, and you're okay with these facts that I've just mentioned, you need to search your heart. You need to get down on your knees. And you need to spend more time in that Bible, getting to know more about Jesus Christ and his love and his compassion and his caring. 
We need to be more like Christ. How can we allow our brothers and our sisters to live in debauchery and claim to have the compassion of Christ? People of God, Jesus spoke in Luke 10 and 30 about the good Samaritan who saw his fellow man hurting and wounded in the Jericho Road. But before the good Samaritan had reached the hurting, exploited and wounded man, that wounded man had already been seen by a religious priest. And when that religious priest saw the man who was beaten, who was stripped of his clothing, what did he do? Did he help? No. He crossed over to the other side of the road. Then all of a sudden down the road came a Levite. Who was that? He was the chosen intercessors of the 12 tribes of Israel. He was the chosen temple workers who made sacrifices for the people of God in the Holy of Holies. But even though he had that spiritual religious designation, he was so detached from the needs of hurting, robbed, naked, disabled men that he in his self-righteous status, did he help? No, he crossed to the other side. You see today, we have seen a disproportionate number of black people murdered by our police, all while being protected by structural policies that discarded car cameras as authorities looked the other way and turned their back and figuratively crossed to the other side of the street when blacks were being slaughtered. See, Jesus loved justice. He loved mercy and life so much that he gave his life so that we all can have it. Today, too many white Christians see black poverty, crime, and all the devastation and conclude black people must just be lazy. They must be uncultured or they're genetically inferior or possess some inclination towards disorder or poverty. In other words, it's their fault that they're in that condition. They see all the murders of black people and they too often say things like, well, those N-words, they're just dangerous. Most of them are criminals. And if they would have been more civil and when the police pulled them over, if they would have been more compliant and just did what the cops told them to do, they wouldn't be dead. But look at the list of blacks who died recently from racist policing. People such as Trevon Martin, Freddie Gray, Michael Brown, Tanisha Anderson, Dante Wright, Richard Brooks, Daniel Prude, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Atania Jefferson, Aura Rosser, Stephen Clark, both in Jean, Philando Castile, Alton Sterling, Sandra Bland, Tanisha Fonville, Eric Garner, Michelle Crusoe, Akai Gurley, Gabriella Nevanez, and even 12-year-old Tamir Rice. All of these atrocities have fueled the question and the cry, Black Lives Matter! You see, Black Lives Matter is a cry of desperation from a people that has seen the genocide of millions of indigenous people in America, who've seen the genocide of millions of black people from Africa and the Caribbean during the colonization to the slave trade, to the Tuskegee experiments, 
to the slaughters of the Elaine, Arkansas, the Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Rosewood, the Ocoee, Florida, and the Macon, Mississippi massacres of blacks. Now these massacres were the results of white Southern professing Christians killing blacks who were progressing up the so-called social ladder. The thousands that were lynched and tortured and mutilated in the artificial Christian America which exists today. It is a cry against the discriminatory laws and practices that have persisted in this country since 1619 while the majority of the so-called white church has set idly by and in a sense bless the continuing carnage that takes place in America. See, the American church has been complicit in the death, the disparity, and the inhumane treatment of people of color around the world. I am so encouraged when I see white young people and white young men and white religious organizations and white churches and white pastors who galvanize themselves and they grab signs and they stand shoulder to shoulder and they do take a stand against racism and they do cry out black lives matter. I'm so encouraged by that. But see, there are too many who are artificial Christians who are living on the house on the hill, owning most of America's wealth and riding the wave of white privilege. They'll spout and proclaim, well, all lives matter or blue lives matter. And we at Truth Matters must say that's true. But it has not been a reality for the majority of blacks and people of color in America. Understand, all lives matter is nothing but a hollow, and shallow phrase until black lives matter, until yellow lives matter, until red lives matter. Remember the sanitation workers in Memphis, Tennessee during the 60s while being denied benefits and and being denied a living wage? They had to wear a sign that said, I am a man. Imagine that, having to wear a sign that says, I am a man. See, today, our generation, after seeing all the crimes, the genocide and hatred every day in America, stood up and said, we are human and black lives matter too. That's really all it means. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you don't support his message that all humans were made in God's image and that black lives matter, why well, I must say today, your religion is not biblical and you still need to be transformed by the living Christ and become spiritually compassionate with love for all men. Are you still passing over to the other side of the road? Are you watching from a distance, but you're still not involved in the liberation and justice and equality of all of God's people? Are you so self-righteous that your religion is only concerned about your close family members, your close friends, and those whom you have a social compatibility with? You see, the Good Samaritan is a representation of the true Christian, or of Christ himself, who cared enough that he went to the hurting. He went to the robbed and disabled man. He came and provided him aid and he treated his wounds and he didn't just stop there he poured in oil and wine which represents transformation and wholeness 
He didn't leave him on the road, but he gave him a ride on his own animal and he took him to a hotel. He paid the hotel bill for the man. He paid for his food and all of his accommodations and even left an open tab for any additional expenses that the man may need. You see, the church and America will never be whole and there will never be equality or justice until full restitution is made to eradicate the current atrocities and the state that is plaguing people of color in America. Jesus asked a question, and it's the same question that I have for those who are still fighting against CRT and BLM. Of the three, the religious priests and the Levite who saw the state of the hurting man and passed by and crossed to the other side doing nothing. Or the Good Samaritan who gave, who supported, who got involved in his healing and in his stability, which was a neighbor to the man. And they answered, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus responded, go and do likewise. Yes, here, Jesus Christ is telling the world that black lives matter too. God bless you and you pray for us in Jesus name. Amen.